So hi everyone, welcome to another Sunday Zoom meeting and indeed another podcast episode. And this week I wanted to drill into um, the most important thing to know about A Course in Miracles. And it's the thing that your ego doesn't want you to know (laughs) and wants you to forget. Um, and I really want to drill into that today because it's so crucial. If you if you can grasp, your ego is going to hate it. If you can grasp what I'm saying today, you will have taken a quantum leap in your ability to understand A Course in Miracles. Um, uh, like I say, your ego is going to hate it, but bear with me. I wanted to begin um, with some quotes from our hero, Ken Wapnick. Um And I want to do this in the context of what we have been talking about uh, in the podcast in terms of we welcome, we allow, and we welcome what's coming up, that it be undone in the welcome. That's our process. Okay. Um, And that's how we do forgiveness. So I I want to um, talk about two Ken quotes in the context of that. Okay, the first one, Um, as the lesson, the lessons say again and again, asking the help of Jesus or the Holy Spirit in the continual monitoring of your mind and observing, not changing your ego thoughts in action is your only responsibility. What you are will tell you of itself. So I'm going to repeat that again, as the lessons say again and again, asking the help of Jesus or the Holy Spirit and the continual monitoring of your mind and observing, not changing your ego thoughts in action is your only responsibility. What you are will tell you of itself. Now, I want to explore what he's saying there in the context of the lesson you're constantly hearing me talking about it's lesson 93 again why would you not be overjoyed to be assured that all the evil that you think you did was never done that all your sins are nothing that you are as pure and holy as you were created and that light and joy and peace abide in you your image of yourself cannot withstand the will of god You think that this is death, but it is life. You think you are destroyed, but you are saved. Now, what Jesus is introducing us to the idea here, he's telling us what the ego is. The ego is your separate self. That's what he's talking about here. Your separate self, you as a person. That's your image of yourself, which cannot withstand the will of God. And he's making us aware that he knows (laughs) you think this is death if you are to let go of being a person. But he's saying it's life. You think you are destroyed if you're not a separate self, but you are saved. So let's continue. The self you made is not the son of God. You are the son of God. Therefore, this self does not exist at all. 
and anything it seems to do and think means nothing. It is neither bad nor good. It is unreal, and nothing more than that. It does not battle with the Son of God, that's you. It does not hurt him, nor attack his peace. It has not changed creation, nor reduced eternal sinlessness to sin and love to hate. What power can this self you made possess when it would contradict the will of God? Jesus is saying, you are not a separate self. Light and joy and peace abide in you. They are the very qualities of what you really are. You are never not that. You are always that. And all you can ever do is be deceived about what you are. You are not a body. And you are not what you call your mind. Nothing it thinks or says or does means anything. It is unreal. Nothing more than that. So let's return to Ken's um, message here. As the lessons say again and again, asking the help of Jesus of the Holy Spirit in the continual monitoring of your mind and observing, not changing your ego thoughts in action is your only responsibility. Why is that our only responsibility? Why is forgiveness welcoming, allowing and welcoming? Why is it that all we do is allow the mind to do what it's doing? Because you're not your mind. Nothing it thinks or does means anything. It is unreal. Nothing more than that. So whatever you do with your thoughts means nothing. Nothing. <laughs> They're not you. And anything you try to do with your thoughts means nothing. Because that self doesn't exist. So let's have a look at um, another course quote. This is lesson 25. You perceive the world and everything in it as meaningful in terms of ego goals. These goals have nothing to do with your own best interests because the ego is not you. Now, Jesus is saying the separate self is not you. The body is not you. And the thoughts and the feelings going on, they're not you. He continues. This false identification makes you incapable of understanding what anything is for. <clears throat> As a result, you are bound to misuse it. When you believe this, you will try to withdraw the goals you have assigned to the world instead of attempting to reinforce them. When you believe that you're not a separate self. Another way of describing the goals you now perceive is to say that they are all concerned with personal 
interests. A personal self, a private self, a separate self. He continues, since you have no personal interests, because you're not a person, your goals are really concerned with nothing. In cherishing them, therefore, you have no goals at all. And thus, you do not know what anything is for. So again, you are not a person. <laughs> Thinking you are a person is the only problem you have. Jesus says you have one problem, and there is one solution to every problem because they're all the same. Your one problem is that you think you're a separate self. That's the message of A Course in Miracles. Let's take another Ken quote. The function of the miracle is not to stop us choosing our egos. It is have, to have us be aware that we are choosing the ego. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. This is what gets almost all Course in Miracles students way off the mark. And then they will believe that they are choosing the Holy Spirit when they're not doing that at all. Now, here's what Ken means there. My one mistake, I have decided to be separate. I have embraced an identity as a separate self. It's my one mistake. Now, <laughs> having done that, um, anything I'm doing with my mind means nothing. It's unreal. Nothing more than that. What can a separate self do about separateness when the separate self doesn't exist? Nothing you do or try to do means anything because you as a separate self don't exist. There's no separate self. We talked about that last week. It's a optical illusion of consciousness. <laughs> it's an optical illusion of consciousness. The I that you are is not a separate self. And the only problem we have is that we think the I that I am is a separate self. And then, having decided to be a separate self, we go, how do I apply forgiveness? What's my forgiveness formula? How do I, as the separate self, choose the Holy Spirit? Well, you can't. <laughs> the separate self can't. You already are the Holy Spirit. And the only problem is that you have decided to identify as the separate thing. That nothing it thinks or does or says means anything. Which means nothing it tries to forgive means anything. <laughs> nothing it does means anything. And so what Ken is saying, Ken was such a wise man. It's taken me, you know, years to see the wisdom in what Ken has always said from the start. 
Um, asking the help of Jesus or the Holy Spirit and the continual monitoring of your mind and observing, not changing your ego thoughts in action is your only responsibility. Your only responsibility. Whatever is coming up, you allow and you welcome it. Why? Because what's happening in the mind is not you. The only meaningful thing is to step out of the mind. And you do that by observing it. By ending all resistance, by ending all doing and moving into an allowing. Jesus says the ego analyzes the Holy Spirit allows. Only in the ending of everything, I need do nothing. Only in the cessation of doing. Only in the allowing, the accepting. Am I right-minded? And that's why Ken says, you know, that's where nearly every Course in Miracles students goes wrong. Because everyone is running around going, here's how I do forgiveness. <laughs> here's my formula. <laughs> here's what I do. Um, this separate self that doesn't exist. You are not a separate self. God has one son. That son is like the ocean. And apparently separate selves are like waves on the ocean. They have no reality in and of themselves. Waves aren't born and they don't die. It's always the ocean. The separate self you think you are is a wave. And that's what you think you are a wave, but you're not. You are the ocean that is in everything. All things are an expression of the ocean that you are. And there's just one ocean. That's the unity of the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that's blocking you from knowing that is your concept of a self. Let's take another reading. Before I do, let's talk about, um, I do not know what anything is for. I think um, in the beginning, when we hear something like that, I do not know what anything is for. Um, we have an idea 
that somehow maybe if we do something that we'll suddenly know what everything is for um and we tend to think about that in terms of an ego a separate self and what something is for in a world that doesn't exist um and that's not the case um what everything is for is the healing of God's one son. That's all. Everything is for forgiveness. The miracle looks on devastation and reminds the mind that what it sees is false. The waves are the ocean. They don't have a separate identity. So when Jesus says, I do not know what anything is for, that is probably one of the deepest of the portals that he gives us in A Course in Miracles. The not knowing. The not knowing. Think about this for me. In the context of lesson 93, nothing it thinks or does means anything. What if every belief you've ever had is wrong? And what if any single belief you could hold at all would be wrong? What experience does that bring up in you? What if everything you've ever believed is wrong? And what if any belief you could possibly take on would be wrong? Not wrong as in evil, but wrong as in not the truth. That which takes you from the truth. What's left? What's left is a great not knowing. And when you become aware of that not knowing in your mind, that's what an awakening is. That's what an awakening is. And you can feel that not knowing in your mind. An enlightenment of the real world would be operating from that not knowing all the time. Not knowing who the good people or the bad people are. Not knowing which are the good spiritualities and the bad spiritualities. <laughs> Not knowing who's got the right interpretation and the wrong interpretation of A Course in Miracles. Not knowing who's right or wrong in a conversation. It's the not knowing. So 
See if you can feel the not knowing in your mind. That's your right mind. That not knowing is you as a decision maker, consciousness joined with the Holy Spirit and not the ego who thinks it knows, not the separate self. And when we have an awakening, the separate self doesn't go anywhere. It's still there, <laughs> knocking around. You're just not fooled by it. You're learning not to believe it. The not knowing, that's what's true. The not knowing. That's your awakening. And that's what enlightenment is, operating from a place of not knowing. So let's have a read. Just as, as you hold that not knowing in your mind of lesson 189. Simply do this. Be still and lay aside all thoughts of what you are and what God is. All concepts you've learned about the world, all images you hold about yourself, empty your mind of everything it thinks it is, either true or false, or good or bad, of every thought it judges worthy, and all the ideas of which it is ashamed. Hold on to nothing. Do not bring with you one thought the past has taught nor one belief you ever learned before about anything. Forget this world, forget this course, and come with wholly empty hands unto your God. So you are the not knowing. The things you think you know that's just the separate self that nothing it thinks or does or says means anything. And so with the course, we're learning to identify with the Holy Spirit. That means we are learning to identify with awareness, not a person, not the thoughts, the feelings, the beliefs, the memories, but the that which is aware of them, but isn't them, isn't qualified or in any way limited by them. So when we say we allow and welcome the guilt coming up, that it be cleared. That's how you step out of identification as a separate self. A huge course principle is that you must look at the error in order to choose against it. You must first look at the error in order to choose against it. So we must first look with no judgment at the ego, the separate self. And in that looking, 
there's a background emerges and not knowing. The only problem we ever have is that we think were the thoughts, the feelings, the memories, the sensations. And the solution for everything is to realize you're not what you're looking at. You are that which looks. You are the not knowing. I think there was one more reading I wanted to. Um... No, I think that's okay. So what I want to say to you is, um, Jesus keeps saying to us in the course, you have one problem and there's one solution to every problem because it's all the same problem. Your one problem is that you wanted to be separate. You've made a decision to identify as a person and not the not knowing. There's a, there's a course passage. Let me see if I can find it quickly. It tends to make for awkward silences in the podcast when there's no visual, but let me see if I can find it. Dum da dum da dum da dum da dum. This is from uh, chapter 23. It is uh, the war against yourself. This is section two, uh, the laws of chaos. Brother, take not one step in the descent to hell. For having taken one, you will not recognize the rest for what they are and they will follow. Brother, take not one step in the descent to hell. What is the descent to hell? It's the decision to be separate, to be a body, to be a person. To think you know. That's the first step in the descent to hell. That's why Jesus says every problem is the same. You have decided to be separate. And having decided to be the separate thing and not the awareness, not the not knowing, not that which can look without judgment, but to be a separate self. The one footstep that leads to all the others. Well, the others are, now you want to survive as a body. You think that's your problem. That's why Jesus says, let's read it again.
you will not recognize the rest for what they are. Now you think what you want is to survive as a body. What you don't realize is that the only problem here is that you think you are a body. The only problem is you've decided to be a separate thing that doesn't exist. And now you're worried for your life. You who are unlimited in the Holy Spirit. You who are birthless and deathless in the Holy Spirit. You who are the ocean that shines as the truth in every wave. And then you'll think that you need love and approval. And you don't. What you need is to realize you're not a separate self. And now you think you need to control and manipulate the world to get it just right. So you don't have to feel the self-loathing and terror of being a separate self. And you don't need that at all. All you need is to realize you're not a separate self. And the only way for you to escape the prison of the self is through non-judgment. Jesus says, how do you awaken from the dream? It's a dream of judgment. So must he judge not and he will awaken. The you that's always with the Holy Spirit, you are always awareness, always awareness. That's what you always are. But you think you're a separate self. Ken always said that the decision maker joined with the Holy Spirit is a non-judgmental observer of the ego. So you don't have to get rid of the crazy in your head. You don't have to get rid of the separate self. It's still going to be knocking around there. But it's about stepping into the witness position in the Holy Spirit. It's identifying as the non-judgmental observer, the one with no opinions, the one that doesn't know what anything is for. You make your stand as awareness as your guilt is coming up. That it be undone in your welcome of it the cessation of doing. And as you are the welcoming of whatever's coming up, now there is the idea, the concept of the separate self, and there is what your right mind is, awareness. 
awareness is present. You're not the darkness. You are what is aware of the darkness. You are not anything your mind is doing. You are what sees what the mind is doing. And the darkness in the mind is healed by that. As you identify as what doesn't know, what doesn't judge, what doesn't have an opinion, what merely looks. Any of the doing is associated with the mind. And that's the ego mind. The thoughts that are not your real thoughts. The self and nothing it does means anything. How do I do forgiveness? How do I get about? It doesn't mean anything. All you can do is stop doing anything by welcoming what is, dropping all resistance, entering into non-resistance, entering into an allowing. Holy Spirit accepts and allows. Love doesn't oppose. Now a completely different consciousness is present. Now a completely different identity for you is present. That's not a separate self. It's this, the great mystery. The not knowing. Only by looking on the error without judgment. And what it means to accept the solution of the Holy Spirit, the perception of the Holy Spirit, is to identify with the not knowing in your mind, to identify as awareness and not the separate self. And in that, once I've stepped out of, once I've let go of identification with the separate self, once I identify as awareness, again, I know that's what everyone is. There's just one awareness. And that's the extension of the Holy Spirit. We're not a person. Let's dig out one more um, quotation, if I can, here. Uh, chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. This is section four, The Greater Journey. Joining. I thank you, Father, knowing you will come to close each little gap that lies between the broken pieces of your Holy Son. Your holiness, complete and perfect, lies in every one of them. And they are joined because what is in one is in them all. 
How holy is the smallest grain of sand when it is recognized as being part of the completed picture of God's Son. The forms the broken pieces seem to take mean nothing, for the whole is in each one. And every aspect of the Son of God is just the same as every other part. So what Jesus is saying is, the forms, the broken pieces seem to take mean nothing. He's saying, listen, the waves, big or small, healthy or unhealthy, you know, mean nothing. Because the ocean is in each one. And every aspect of the Son of God is just the same as every other part, because there is nothing to the wave but the ocean. The eye that is aware of this apparent mind, thoughts, feelings, memories, sensations, is the eye that's aware of yours. And that's the eye Jesus wants to introduce us to in A Course in Miracles. What you are as right-minded consciousness and not wrong-minded consciousness. So, even as I speak to you today in the podcast, it doesn't matter what I say. The only thing that matters is if you can begin to have an experience in your mind of a stillness, of a not knowing. That hopefully as I speak to you from that place of not knowing, that you too can have that experience of not knowing. Even as your separate self rants and rails against it. But there's a beginning of not being fooled by it. Okay, maybe I'll leave it there for now and throw it open to some questions and get those out of the way before we say any more. So Eli, my lovely co-host, um, is there anything we should address from the chat box? Well, um, not lots, but Winnie asked, what about a guided meditation? And then um, Rich, go ahead, sorry. Okay. Um, okay. There is a guided meditation um, from um, uh, 
I, I did one with the Miracle Network and I have it saved um, in the playlists um, of of the, the YouTube channel. So you can access that there, Winnie. There is a guided meditation there to experience yourself as awareness. That which is aware of your thoughts and feelings and memories and sensations, but that's not defined by them. Um, so that is available there. And yeah, in some ways, your question today in the group, Winnie, which I haven't got around to answer yet, prompted what the material is <laughs> for today's um, talk. Um, so I hope it, I hope it brings some clarity and I'll address it further in the group, um, maybe tomorrow. Sorry, Eli, go ahead. No, that's fine. And, um, uh, Rich D has asked, is right minded consciousness a place as or concept? So it's not a concept. It's the awareness of a concept. <laughs> it's the awareness of all concepts. Um, and, and is it a place? No, it's outside of time and space. So when we join with the Holy Spirit, which means we look at the ego, we do nothing about the ego. We welcome what the separate self, the apparent separate self is doing. And there's a consciousness arises in us. That which sees, that which is aware. And that awareness is that within which all experience is happening, by which all experience is known, and out of which all experience is made. So you heard Jesus say a moment ago, how holy is the smallest grain of sand when it's recognized as being part of the completed picture of God's holy son. And so waves in the ocean Books, grains of sand, animals, people, plants, rocks. Just apparent waves in an ocean that is awareness. And so what you want to do is you want to practice this mind watching, this welcoming, this doing nothing with what's happening. Oh my God, I'm having an ego attack. What do I do? Nothing. Can I allow it? Can I welcome it? That is the only meaningful thing you do. You can do. Because only that is going to cause this other consciousness to be known. And so no, there's no concepts. It's, it's the not knowing. That which looks and waits and judges not. 
and it's not a place. It's that within which all apparent places have their being. <laughs> By which all apparent places are known and out of which all apparent places are made. It is the ocean within which all waves are happening, by which all waves are known, and out of which all waves are made. Hope that makes sense. Anything else on that, Eli? Not from the chat. We can go on to Deanna, if you'd like to unmute yourself, or Deanna. Sorry. Go for it, Hi, everyone. Thank you, guys. I I just started crying listening to you, Keith, talking just now. Um, I've been listening to you for over a year, and it has, uh, my whole experience with the course has evolved, has shifted, and I'm so thankful. I'm so, this feels like such a like a, such a humbling experience when you really start to recognize it's not it's not what you thought it was <laughs> nothing is what we it's thought not. it was we've it's I, we've been wrong about absolutely everything <laughs> thank god <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> i know when that comes in like the oh thank god that and then and then i start crying and then i feel humble and but what I'm really, really hearing and what I've really been hearing lately from you and, and feeling for myself is to practice this. Like there's no, the only way that, that any shift is going to happen for me is to actually practice. And yesterday I was in the laundromat and a friend of mine was supposed to come pick me up for a meeting. She calls me and tells me she can't come get me and immediately I lost her. I'm abandoned, I'm rejected, I'm all alone, I'm, everybody hates me, nobody loves me, and I just started, I'm in the laundromat. And I'm like, okay, you. I'm gonna allow myself to feel this, I'm not gonna repress it, and I'm not gonna keep, as you say, express it or project it, like I'm not gonna express yeah. it, project it. I'm gonna allow, and I'm gonna welcome. And so I just sat there in the middle of the laundromat and I cried <clears throat> and I didn't care that people were around because I remember Keith, you said last Saturday or Sunday, and I love this. This is another step toward God. Oh, this is beautiful. This is coming up. Thank you, dear one, for showing me what's already in me. Let me practice the forgiveness. Let me welcome it. Let me allow it. And I just took that mental step back. And let it come. And I didn't judge the Deanna character for crying, for feeling abandoned, rejected. I just allowed it. And it passed. Yeah. And it's just a matter of repeat, practice, repeat, practice. And thank God for the truth. And thank God for you, Keith. And just thank God for everyone here. I'm extremely grateful that there's a way out. And it's through. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just grateful there's a way out. So, and I'll just keep doing it. Sometimes the ego doesn't like it, often it doesn't like it, but I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing to just so keep. Our, our, our task is to, through, through welcoming the, uh, the darkness that comes up so it can be let go, to, to deepen our 
experience of what we are as awareness. And that will come. It starts off feeling quite neutral. You know, the not knowing feels <laughs> quite neutral. Um, and as you persist with it, as you persist with it, as you persist with allowing, as you persist with welcoming, um, it starts to shine. It starts to shine as peace, first of all, in your mind. So many people in, in the course, they would say, you know, I've been practicing the course for 20 years, but, you know, all I can say is I feel more peaceful. Um, and that's, the, you know, and, and, and if people could just realize you're not the person, <laughs> the peace in your mind, that's what you are. That's the you, Jesus says, light and joy and peace abide in you. Um, and it starts as peace and it shines as joy and it, and it eventually shines as love. And like you, Dionne, <laughs> when I do, uh, I regularly just, I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude that I've been wrong about everything. That's where the tears always come. For me, that's always a response to gratitude as opposed to peace or joy or love. <laughs> it's like just gratitude. It's like I've been wrong about everything. We've been wrong about everything. Everything. Here's another one. This is the manual, chapter 12. How many teachers of God are needed to save the world? Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. They see all the waves, but they know it's all the one ocean. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die, yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeming, and yet surely theirs. So, we're in a world and our eyes will consistently show us birth and death and sickness and change and war and famine and starvation. And the idea is to understand waves. The ocean is in every single wave. Um, and that's why when Jesus says, how many people are needed to save the world? The answer is one. And it's one. Because you have. You've released all the waves from their identity as waves. You've seen all the waves as the ocean they are, the ocean you are. It's how you save the world. That's why Jesus says, um, when Jesus awoke, uh, you were there with him. 
because he no longer saw waves. It was the ocean. The whole world woke with him. The ocean in him saw the ocean in everyone. Um, let's take another quote, and then we'll take a few more questions. So this is from the workbook, uh, Lesson 158. Christ's vision has one law. It does not look upon a body and mistake it for the son whom God created. God didn't create waves. It beholds a light beyond the body, an idea beyond what can be touched, a purity undimmed by errors, pitiful mistakes, and fearful thoughts of guilt from dreams of sin. It sees no separation, and it looks on everyone, on every circumstance, all happenings and all events, without the slightest fading of the light it sees. And the light is the ocean, God's one, inviolable, innocent, holy song. The light is the ocean, the unity. Beyond the dream, out of which the dream is made. And your portal to that is that you are not the insane voice that thinks it knows something. You are the great not knowing. The mystery. The stillness. And that is what everything is. And again, we access that through non-judgment. That's what Jesus says. If it's a dream of judgment, how do I awaken? You must judge not. Your separate self is going to judge. Of course it is. Jesus says the ego always speaks first and is wrong about everything, and the Holy Spirit is the answer. So the ego goes, I know. I know who the good people and the bad people are. I know what's good for me and what's bad for me and what should happen and what I need to happen and what I want to happen. So the ego speaks first and it's wrong about everything. Because it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's unreal. And the Holy Spirit speaks second as the answer. And the answer is the not knowing. We get to that by looking at the error without judgment. And that different consciousness emerges. And again, our one problem is that we think we are the knowing. And the answer to every problem you have is to realize you're the not knowing. Within which you have no needs. So Annette, Let's have your question. Yes. Uh, when you're not supposed to 
Dr. Jots, uh, how do you react when when people say, um, for example, do you like my dress or do you like my home? Or how do you say <laughs> react? <laughs> Um, of course, we, we don't say, well, I don't like it. You, you wouldn't do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but if, if I'm not supposed to, to judge. You act normally. Yes. But you are awake in your mind, watching your mind, knowing you're not the mind. Which is like saying, you act normal in the world and you interact with people like a normal person. Uh, you're playing a role in the world. And, but there's a part of your mind that knows the whole thing is made up. Okay. So you, as a wave, are interacting with other waves and you will do whatever is helpful and loving but you never forget that you're not the wave and neither is anyone else. There is just the ocean. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I just right. had to think that it's, yeah. it's a theater. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, yes. yeah. And so we, we play the role uh, assigned to us as a wave uh, amongst all the other waves, but we never lose sight of the fact that we're the ocean, which means then that we never have to be afraid of anything because we know we're not the separate self. And we never have to be in fear for anyone else because we know they're not the separate self, they're the ocean. Thank you. Yeah, now we're not going to automatically be able to do that. <laughs> um, you know, um, the first miracle principle says, um, nothing I see means anything at all. So the clashing of the waves and the big waves and the small waves and the medium waves and the frothy waves, and the shiny waves, and the dirty waves, and the clean waves. Doesn't mean anything, because it's just the ocean. You keep. Yeah, and... Yeah, I and, think I... Sorry, I, I said miracle principle. I should have said workbook lesson. That's workbook lesson number one. And workbook lesson number two, I have given everything I see all the meaning it has for me. It's just ocean. So when I'm going, well, that's appalling the way that wave treated that wave. And I think it's like awful. And how does that wave cope? And this is such a terrible tragedy and it's horrific. And, you know, my God, I'm traumatized by the whole thing. Um, so the waves don't have that meaning because it's just ocean. We're giving the waves that meaning. And so whatever is coming up in me has got nothing to do with the waves and everything to do with me thinking i'm a wave yes um and and projecting meaning onto the other waves in order that i can be a happier wave or a more loved wave um or whatever else the case may be 
Um, and so that's what we use forgiveness for, is that, you know, we understand I'm never upset for the reason I think. Because the clashing of waves and the fighting of waves and the birth of waves and the death of waves means nothing because it's all the ocean. The ocean is never affected by any of it. In the same way, awareness is never affected by the dramas happening within it. Nothing is being born or dying. Nothing is suffering. Nothing's ever lost. Um, but, but what's going to come up inside of me is my guilt to be undone. And so even when we have an awakening and we can feel the not knowing, the great mystery, that doesn't mean our ego goes away. That's just the start of it. What's happened now is that you've popped the cork on everything that's ever been unresolved inside of you. Now that you can know this identity as the witness, the cork has been popped. The veil has been torn back of the unconscious and everything that you hold guilt or regret or want, or need, or pain, or trauma about, the cork is off. Now it's coming up. And the challenge is to not let it pull you into the trance of a person and to not resist it. To welcome all of it. So the fireworks go up and do their thing and they're gone forever. So you have this awakening, you feel this, this peace in your mind, this, this not knowing. And you can sense it as an identity you are that's not a separate self. And that is what everything is. And now, now is fireworks time. Everything ever unresolved is now coming up to be healed in the looking. in the looking where I am drawing my sense of identity from what I am as awareness, not a person. I am not the darkness coming up. I am that which is aware of it. I am the ocean looking at the darkness of the wave. And we do that until it's healed. Everything now is for my own best interests. Every single thing that happens, every thought that arises, every feeling that comes up, is so I can eradicate the separate self and have this stillness be front and center in my being at all times. The not knowing. Anthony DeMello tells um, 
a really good story that's very illustrative of this because it's very easy to um it's very easy to say well hang on a minute now if you don't know anything how how do you how do you exist in the world how, how do you do what you need to do in the world uh, which is a legitimate question and Anthony DeMello has a wonderful story he says um so someone who's identified as a separate self um has a big poisonous snake suddenly arrive here on their arm and they go oh my god that's a snake and that's a poisonous snake that one could bite me and if it bites me i could die what the hell am i going to do do i touch it do i not touch it do i leave it alone so that's what you do when you're identified as a separate self and someone who's identified as the not knowing the awareness just reaches over and pushes the snake off Brilliant story, brilliant illustration. Someone asked me what book. I can't remember which Anthony DeMello book that was. I don't think it was Awareness. Um, I think it might have been one of his other books. Um, not sure. Okay, um, let's go to Catherine has her hand up. Oh, yes. Hello, uh, I'm French, so excuse me for English. <laughs> excuse me for being French. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Catherine. We'll, 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 we'll model through. Um, I understand. I, I think... Uh, that we are not what uh, we seem to be, what mm -hmm. we believe to be. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have some weight in my daily life. And uh, I know that even if I, I can lie about uh, this weight in my life, you see, for example, when uh, I work, uh, I, I'm very anxious about uh, uh, my work, uh, for example. I can't uh, be uh, in this moment. I'm, I am very identified with Catherine in my work, for example. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? The, yes. Yeah. So it's just important to understand that you're not stressed about your work. You're stressed because you're identified as Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that stress of believing that you are a separate, fragile, mortal, endangered self is getting projected onto your work. And you're saying, you did this to me. But it didn't. Identifying as Catherine did. And Catherine feel very insecure. Of course. Yes. You, you who are unlimited awareness, you in whom the entire world is happening, by whom the entire world is known, out of whom the entire world is made, you who are unlimited, holy, inviolable, 
think you're a separate self. Of course, of course, you feel unhappy. I guess. Yeah. But, a lot, a lot, yes. But can you allow yourself to feel as anxious and unhappy as you are? Can you welcome that now, Catherine? It's a little bit difficult for me. No, it's not. Um, just on the inside, yes. as you're as you're allowing that anxiety to be there and that unhappiness to be there, can you just open on the inside like this? And welcome that being there. Is it welcomed? Yes, I think so. <laughs> what does it feel like now? That it's welcomed. It feels like uh, it's not so heavy, you see. It's not a big deal. It seems to be. Absolutely. See the way it dissolves in the welcome? And you can welcome it anytime you want, Catherine. And when you welcome it, you bring in the holiness and the power of what you are, the memory of what you are as God created you, which is the welcome. And as you practice that in your life, you learn how to make your stand as that awareness. The one who is stressed and unhappy is a concept you've made up. Yes. It's a memory. Yeah. You are what emerges in the welcome, which is the not knowing, which is the stillness, which is the mystery. And the only problem you ever have is identifying as the mess thoughts, the feelings, the memories, the stories. And the answer to all your problems is to remember you are the not knowing. You are the stillness. You are the awareness. And you can access that peace anytime you welcome the emotions that are coming up without blaming the world for them. And they cannot stand before the power of what you are as God created you. And so you practice that every single time and in every single circumstance until that not knowing, that peace, that stillness, that you that always rests in God starts to feel more and more comfortable and familiar and until you're ready to move in. Yes. Does that make but, sense, Catherine? Yes, a lot. But um, I have to say uh, that uh, there is uh, 
a kind of culpability. Um, uh, say that again. There is a kind of guilty, uh, a lot of guilty uh, emotion about uh, me about uh, that uh, I feel I was born. I I, I feel. Uh, some kind of difficult uh, emotion about me, you see, about uh, Catherine. But even if uh, it's not uh, white, but I persist uh, in this kind of belief. Can you welcome that belief right now? Can you allow that belief to be there just as much as it is? And can you allow that feeling of guilt to be there just as much as it is? Can you do that? Can you do what I said? And can you now open on the inside and welcome it? Is it welcome? I have the right to to sing of it's not uh, you can welcome this kind of feeling. Yes. You can? Yes. And therein is your salvation. Yes. Because in the welcoming of it, you realize you are that which welcomes and not what's being welcomed. And what's being welcomed must dissolve and welcome. Yes, because I have, bl have blamed myself to... Yes, but the, you're not a self. <laughs> yes. You're saying, I've, I've blamed myself as the wave for what I did <laughs> to other waves. Exactly. Okay? Yes, so the only problem yes. you have is that okay. you think you're a wave and not the ocean. Okay, yes. Do you understand? Yes, yes, yes. So, so Catherine... Your problem is your guilt and your fear about looking at the guilt and the fear that's coming up. But that guilt and fear is your way home to God. Yes. That is what is unhealed in you coming up to be resolved. And it will be resolved before the ocean and not the wave. Do you understand? Yes. You're the ocean. You are awareness. There is no Catherine. There was Thank never you. anything. To, there was never anything to the wave but the ocean. Brilliant. Thank you, Catherine. Um. So, Carol, do you want to? And, and then I'll Thank I'll come you. back to you, Eli, and we'll have a look at anything in the chat box that needs to be looked at. But let's have Carol. So take yourself off mute, Carol. Can you hear me yeah. now? We can, okay, thank please. you so much. Yeah. So um, I keep getting triggered when you say, I think I understand, but I'd like to have you say a little bit more about it. Um, keep looking at whatever's coming up. Um, and then this is it. It's gone forever. My experience is um, it, the things that come up are all to do with the same thing, the same thing. 
you know, um, my belief in separation and particularly my script, which I won't go into, but that it's gone forever. Um, if you could expand or talk a little bit about that, because it seems to me it's like, uh, like little bits, like little atoms, little slivers perhaps are lifted, but it's not gone forever. <laughs> in my experience of this process, in this separated thought belief. Yeah. Does that make yeah. my question make sense? Of course it does. Um, okay. What we're going to do in the beginning is rather than completely stand in our identity as awareness, as the ocean, right. um, what we're going to do is we're going to ping pong right. between the separate self and that which is non-judgmentally aware of the separate self. And so that's going to be the experience that you've just talked about where it cuts little slivers off the pain and the guilt each yeah. time it happens. But what I want you to understand from it's gone forever is that everything that is released is released forever. It doesn't come back. Say that one again. What? So what I want you to understand is that each time you stand in your identity as the not knowing, the non-judgmental awareness, um, you're going to ping pong, but each time you step back into your identity as awareness and not a separate self, um, guilt and upset and pain is going to get undone and it will get cut off in slivers like you've just said. But each time a sliver is cut off, the sliver will never come back. Okay. Whatever it, it, is released in the looking is gone forever. Yeah. Okay. And from that i get that i think and the sliver i don't have to worry about me understanding what that sliver is none of us can pretty much know what's gone forever it's just trusting this something's lifted yeah i mean it's all guilt okay okay so it's it's the mistake of identifying as a separate self which instantly plunges us into yeah. the ontological um, guilt of separateness from yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the form. Thank yeah. you. And so, yeah, really, the, the form doesn't matter. That's why. Right. You know, we, it, we're right. That's why I world. keep getting. Yeah. Thank you. That's why I keep getting tripped up when you say it's gone forever whatever that it is it, something can keep coming back as the same it slash form but still the, the underbelly of the it guilt is gone forever that, so so um, the guilt that keeps coming back you're cutting slivers off at every time you look at it yep. and it will keep coming back until there's the slivers have been have cut it down to nothing Thanks, Carol. Thank you. Um, Eli, is there anything we should deal with in the chat? Um, we'll go to just one of them. Another one just came up, but it's long and I haven't read it yet. So we'll wait on that one. Uh, but um, there was a question from Jennifer Harvey. Are we to treat positive emotions in the same way? Yeah, sorry, I was just getting rid of the sun that was blinding me in the window there. 
Um, I hear your question. It's a really good question. It's going to be a controversial answer. <laughs> um, um, uh, there is a famous writer of course books who in a more recent book said that you never have to forgive the positive. Uh, but that same writer in an earlier book said that you begin by forgiving the negative and then you eventually forgive the positive. So I just want to point that out before anyone jumps down my throat. Um, the answer is you do. I'm not necessarily saying, because I would probably agree with the position to a point that you begin by forgiving the negative and get around to the positive, the positive in inverted commas, right? In the course, um, can I just say that we'll we'll do the chat box now, Eli, and we'll do Mary and Tina, and then we'll draw a line under it for today, just because we're running out of time. Um, getting back to the question, Jesus says that you, um, our problem is that we think our pleasure, pleasure and our pain are different. <laughs> That's what Jesus says in the course. We think they're different pleasure and pain and they're not it's the same thing it's the condition of separateness so generally speaking when we talk about the good stuff uh, we're talking about pleasure where i as a separate self got what i think i need i triumphed over someone else um you know i survived as a body i got the love and approval i was craving as a separate self um, and so what I'd like you to understand though is that in, in us looking and welcoming that and letting it go you're letting go of pleasure in order to experience more joy you're letting go of the pleasure of the separate self in order to experience the peace, joy, and love of what you are as God created you. So in terms of the question, that's the answer. Yes, eventually. Um, it, we bring everything to the not knowing. We bring everything to the stillness, to the ocean, that it be undone. And that we not be content with a wave that managed to navigate a particularly sharp rock. <laughs> and that we not let that pleasure as a wave um, keep us from our identity as the ocean. So yes, is the answer. Good question, though. <laughs> um, is there anything else in the chat box? You there, Eli? Sorry, I was yes. saying yes, there's one more. It's from Okay, Lynn. go ahead. And as I continue to practice this welcoming and watching, I'm having issues with family members who expect me to engage in discussion, conflict, but I end up being mostly quiet because I'm watching and editing. E egoic things I might have said in the past, but no longer want to say now. I am more quiet and it is being 
construed as cold or uninterested, which is not what I want to convey. Any advice? So, so there are there. a bit of an echo there yeah. for some reason. <laughs> um, okay, there are um, there are no issues or problems. When I identify as a separate self, uh, there are problems. And when I fall back and identify as the stillness, the silence, now there are no problems. There are situations. But I don't know whether they're good or bad. I don't know if they're problematic or not. So what we want to do is we want to look at the error, which is the idea that this is a problem. And in the looking, feel our identity as what looks that doesn't know what's a problem. It's just situation. And, that, and that's true of everything. You have no problems. The only problem is you think you're a separate self. Now there's problems. But in the looking, in the feeling of your identity as awareness, now there's just situations. And there's no judgment whether they're good or bad or right or wrong. It's just what it is. I think as we go through this process of healing I think um, we go through a phase where we sort of lose personal motivation um, it's almost like well why should I do that Why should I engage with people? Why should I go to work? Why should I worry about money? Why should I exercise? <laughs> Why should I engage with people? Um, and, and all that means is that we haven't completed the process. Because our first step is to know I am not my thoughts and feelings. I am the awareness in behind them. But the fulfillment of the process, when I know myself as the ocean, is, is that I now see the world and all of the waves in it as expressions of the ocean. And now the beauty of the ocean sparkles in all the waves. So I would say to you that in terms of situations with family members or whatever else the case may be, what you want to be welcoming in yourself 
is that once there is an identification as a personal self, there is a desire to survive as a body. There is a desire to have the approval of others. That will sometimes express itself as acting in a way that will only get disapproval, by the way, but it's still born out of this desire for approval. Um, and there is this desire to control people and situations that they behave a certain way towards me so I can feel a certain way. Um, and so really in the looking, it's about being able to let all that dissolve so that you have no needs or requirements of your friends and family. Because every need and requirement you have your has, have of your friends and family shackles you to your identity as a separate self. Only in allowing them all to rise and welcoming them and having them dissolve can you know your identity as the ocean that needs nothing. And now you can be all about what is it other people need. Your light as the ocean seeks only to shine in all of the waves that they know what they are. Now that's not something we can do straight away. It's gonna take some work, peeps. <laughs> You as the ocean need nothing except to have what you know of yourself be what every wave knows of themselves. And we do that by demonstrating to all the waves that their activity has no effect. That it doesn't matter what they say or what they do or what they think or what they expect. It's not going to stop me loving them as the ocean. But I first have to know myself as the ocean. And then I've got to see all the waves as the expression of the ocean. And now I can be truly helpful. When I don't need anything for myself. All the needing was because I thought I was a wave. But again, you know, when I talk about this process of A Course in Miracles, it sounds, I'm sure some people want to vomit when they hear me talk about it like this, um, going, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do that. Please do not do that, right? Um, I, want you, I want you to start in one place, one place, which is, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I am not upset because my family is behaving a certain way towards me. I am upset because I am identifying as a separate self, which rather than knowing, knowing its unlimitedness and awareness, now I feel the terrible limit and lack. And now I have needs that my family would behave in a certain way towards me so I can be okay as a separate self. That's the problem. That's why Jesus says you've one problem and there's one solution because they're all the same. You have no needs. Light and joy and peace abide in you. If you don't know that, something's gone wrong. 
you've identified with an illusion of yourself that has needs and wants and lack. And it's in the allowing, this mind watching, this non-judgmental witnessing that we feel our identity as not the person. As the great mystery, the stillness, the silence, the not knowing. Where there's no needs, no lack. And where there's love. And where the love there just wants to extend itself to everyone else. But you have to start somewhere. And where you start is that you understand that you don't indulge it. Whenever you get angry, upset, needy, wanty, clingy, maudlin, whatever the case may be, that you say to yourself, I'm never upset for the reason I think. Light and joy and peace abide in me. So the only reason I'm upset is because I'm identified with an illusion of myself. Let me welcome that illusion. Let me allow that illusion to be exactly as it is. And let me feel the other identity as the ocean in the background rise in the allowing and the welcoming. Hope that's some way helpful. Um, anything else in the chat box before we go to Mary and Tina? No, I think uh, we can go to Mary and then Tina and you might be able to go, you know, go have your day. <laughs> Absolutely. Mary, Mary, you're up. You have center stage. Go ahead, my dear. Um, Thank you. Um, wow, this has been incredible. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm getting so much download from Holy Spirit about all of this. Um, it's like um, uh, what, what's coming to me is there are, is you're really explaining there are no hierarchies. of There is no hierarchy of illusions to me. Because we're talking about uh, Diona being abandoned in the in the um, laundromat, and that's one illusion. And you know, but it's and and um, you know all these other issues that that are coming up are so helpful because when you say they're all the same problem, it's yes. identifying as this abandoned person. So I'm going to your illustration of the poisonous snake, and that was really a strong example of a very fearful, you know, that's a pretty big illusion. You know, am I going to look at that snake and be okay with it? And what Holy Spirit is really showing me through all of this that you're sharing is it's not about uh, welcoming the snake. It's, it's about welcoming the fear and panic that comes up in me yes. that the snake is giving me to help yes. me heal. And, but, the, the little me goes, well, if I was enlightened, I would be able to push that snake away. Well, the ego is never going to be able to do that. And what spirit is really saying to me is, no, when you're at, at peace and in, and in that place of awake and, um, no, and not knowing and just allowing, yeah. the snake will just go away. It's I won't have to do anything, or, right? Or... Or you'll simply brush the snake off like the story because um, I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because him who sent me will direct me. That's it. But That's that comes it. out of 
not knowing. Exactly. Out of so there, there's the piece. There's the piece that I love. He who sent me. It's like that is um, when I know I'm the ocean, when I become the ocean, when I, tr mm -hmm. it's like that trust, that yeah. trust in that he, which is really my true self. Correct. Okay. Correct. Thank you. Lovely. This lovely. Thank you very much. Um, Thank Tina, you. you are our main course of the evening. <laughs> Everything else. Oh, was I, just love an I love it. I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> so nice to speak with you, Keith. Hi, Mom. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. Um, I was listening, Keith, to your recording on YouTube from last week about being in the mall. And yeah, it was so on point. Just wonderful. And I felt guided listening this morning to inquire or ask about the singularity of guilt. Because I heard you say the guilt. And I thought, well, mm -hmm. that's just wonderful because it's small and it's one thing. And I just wanted to hear you speak about the guilt, the singularity. Mm. Now, yeah, actually, there's a there's a question that's pending in the group that I have to get an answer to. And I was going, hmm, how shall I answer that one? Let me stew over it, which I have stewed over it. And now you put me on the spot. So let me. Oh, I'm sorry, Keith. No, 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 no. Let me connect with the not knowing for a second. Um in order to try and explain this in a way that makes sense. Um, this makes sense to me, but I was struggling with how I'd have so this make sense to someone else. So let's give this a go. There is only the ocean. The ocean is consciousness. And the ocean is that within which all the waves are happening, by which all the waves are known, and out of which all the waves are made. That's you. Now, wrong-minded consciousness is where there is a belief in separateness. And now you will identify as Tina. But there is no wave. There is no Tina. There is just the ocean. Tina is just a wave in the ocean. Okay? You, you, you have never become a wave. You are the ocean. You have never become a separate self. You are awareness. You are consciousness. And so the only guilt there is, is the guilt in consciousness, that's you, about separateness. So... When you identify as Tina, as a separate self, that's not what you are. <laughs> you are awareness. Okay, And awareness is what we would call right-minded consciousness, which knows it's all one. Um, Tina, there is no Tina to have her own personal trauma. There's no Tina to have her personal guilt. 
there is just the one guilt, which is the guilt over separateness and consciousness. And all of the waves are just symbolic representations of that guilt. So Jesus says, the world rose from the guilt to keep the guilt hidden. So the guilt didn't rise from the world. So no guilt is getting generated by what's happening in the world because there's no world. It's just waves. The waves have no reality apart from the ocean. And so you, as awareness, as consciousness, when you identify with separateness and think you're a separate person, uh, the guilt, the consciousness guilt comes up. Um, and then what you do is you project it out into the world of waves and go, that wave did it to me. That wave didn't love me enough. That wave abandoned me. That wave betrayed me. But that's I am never upset for the reason I think. There is only one guilt, which is the decision to be separate. And then that guilt gets projected onto a movie of waves and goes, that's why the guilt is here. But it's not. Yes. And in my wave, there seems to be little slivers. You were talking about slivers. Or sometimes there seems to be a big log. And those are the blocks but they're all the same and sometimes I can remove it as like one big log and it's the veil drops and then often it's just seems like I'm picking away at little slivers but they look like they're different but they're all the same and yeah, the, that's the why when I heard you yeah, the say the projection. guilt. Yeah. So right. The difference is our projection. There's just guilt. Um, the fact that it seems to be mm -hmm. this and that and the other, and one is bigger and one is smaller and one is lesser and one is greater and one is holier and one is on. That's just projection. That's saying, well, this is the reason for the guilt, but it's not. And that's why in our forgiveness formula, we drop our, our, our first step in the forgiveness formula is that we undo projection. The world is not doing mm -hmm. this to me. The world is doing what it's doing because of this that's in me. But but there's the, the guilt has got nothing to do with me as, as a separate self because there's no separate self. The guilt is the guilt of consciousness. So so it's there's only one guilt. Separate selves don't have individual guilt. That's just projection. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Everything it just... yeah, everything that's happening in the world is a symbolic representation of the guilt in the mind. And that's why our first step when, when guilt comes up in me or pain or anger or whatever else the case may be, the first thing I do is I'm never upset for the reason I think the world is not doing this to me. This is the guilt of separateness of me as consciousness, not a separate self. And so by me allowing it and welcoming it being there exactly as it is, um, now I am stepping into right-minded consciousness. And right-minded consciousness is a non-judgmental awareness of 
the ego, the belief in separateness. Um, and so really, when we, because this idea of me identifying as the not knowing, the stillness, the non-judgment, the non-judgment, the that which can welcome, that which can accept and allow, um, that's what it means to be above the battleground with Jesus. And when you're above the battleground there, that's when you realize this is all my dream as consciousness. Now, it's not all my dream as Keith or Tina. They're, they're figures in the dream. But when you identify as the awareness of guilt coming up and not the guilt, um, when you've stepped out of the identification as the mind, the separate self, um, and identified as awareness, as awareness, you see, this is all my dream. So I hope that makes sense, because when we say it's one guilt, the, the, there's only one ocean. The, you know, waves don't have guilt. Because the eye of Keith is the eye of Tina, is the eye of Eli, is the eye of Sparkle. There's just one eye, which is the great mystery, the stillness, the not knowing, um, within which all experience is happening by which all experience is known and out of which all experience is made. So the eye of Keith is not a separate self. That's the illusion. The eye of Tina is not a separate self. It is awareness and there's only one. Um, there's just one consciousness. God is wow. one son. And so the only guilt. It's like as you're speaking, why... I can feel. Yeah. Um, I can feel the awareness and the anxiety at the exact same time. That's what you want to do. And I... all you want to do then is you want to plant yourself and stake your identity as that which is aware of the anxiety, but not the anxiety. And the anxiety can't stand against it. Yes. Um, if just the sense so is that the is, yeah, because so it's a one is, thing, it should be easier to drop. One thing. No, 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 no. no. You see, just one don't thing. try to do. No, no, no. Don't try to do anything, Tina. That's the disaster. Everyone falls. Thank into. you. Thank you. Don't try to do anything. Your job is allowing and welcoming. Thank you. Only that aligns you with your identity as a non-person. Thank you. Only in the welcoming of the darkness can you know yourself as the light. The, 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 it's the happening darkness, now. Yeah. So the darkness will try and do two things. One, it will try to pull you back into the trance that you're a person, that you are these emotions and feelings. and Okay. Um, and the second thing is it will try and tempt you into resisting it. That's the two traps. That you would go, this is my anxiety. I am anxious. Behold my anxiety. That's trap number one. You've, you've been pulled into the trance of being a separate self. Um, and so 
by you welcoming the anxiety being there, you feel yourself as that which isn't the anxiety, that which is aware of the anxiety, but not colored by it. And then the second trap is that you would try and resist the anxiety and go, it shouldn't be there and it shouldn't be hard and it should be easy and I should be able to get rid of it. That's the other trap. Now you are yes. identified. Now you are identified with the self that nothing it thinks or does means anything. The only meaningful thing you can do is accept, allow, welcome, not judge. And the gates of hell cannot stand against that. Because it is the power of God's one, holy, indivisible, inviolable soul. Is that okay? It's it's excellent. I'm still holding the anxiety and the awareness. Thank you. I, I Yes, thank you. Perfect. Guys, thanks a million for your attention this week. I know it's a lot to take on board. I, yeah, it was, <laughs> it's a whole other level we take it to this week. It was wonderful. But if you can begin, um, and even, don't even worry about what I said today. Did you have an experience of that not knowing in your mind, that stillness in your mind? And uh, that's what really counts. But in terms of you understanding the course, it's very important to understand that you are not a separate self. You are the dreamer of the dream. Um, that's the crucial thing to understand. And that in every given moment, you have a choice whether you want to be a separate self or whether you don't. But to have that choice, you must welcome the darkness. Only in the welcoming of the darkness can you know yourself as the light. And as you choose the light as what you are, the darkness can't stand against it. Thanks a million, guys. Have a lovely Sunday, a brilliant week ahead, and we'll all catch up in the group. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank 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 you